Uncovering your truth and fire one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is brought to you by the Spitfire Coach. That's me, based in Washington, D.C. I am a certified life and business coach ready to light a fire under you. So if you're interested in coaching or any amazingness, this podcast, blogs, whatever, head on over to spitfirecoach.com. We are on episode 47, and it is the first day of October, which means that we are in quarter four of 2018. And if you are a major goal setter like me, or intention setter as I like to call it, then this is a big deal for you because this is the final push. And joining me today, we're going to start something a little new. We've got co-hosts. So Justin Trawick, the DC local musician extraordinaire podcaster, and DC-based. DC-based. sounds better. Master. No, DC based sounds better than DC local. Local is um, local is uh, yo- like a yokel. Yeah, I mean, DC based means that I live here, but I do, I go out of town. And He's available to go other places. I'm, a, I'm available for he parties does... and bar mitzvahs. It's true. And weddings. True. I have done a bat mitzvah. I've never done a bar mitzvah, and I really want to find an avenue to play. Have an Aguila again because it was amazing. Okay, so this would be good to put into our goal setting for 2018. More places to play Have an Aguila. Exactly. So yeah. if you if you need to rock out on top of a chair, or if you are a a boy becoming a man or a girl becoming a woman mm-hmm. or know somebody, yeah, you're the man to play. Now, what? Now, why is your version so powerful for you? My version of Have an Aguila. Yeah, we we just had to we had to learn to Have an Aguila for a bat mitzvah, and. Uh, I'm not the greatest planner in the world. I don't know if you know no that, way. Lauren. I don't know if you've, you know, it might be new. And you might have just, you know, heard that somewhere. On the street. But um, I attempted to learn Hava Nagila the night before I had to play it. And Gene uh, and I had a little uh, impromptu meeting after a gig. And we sat down and we found a YouTube video that we thought best re- represented what we were trying to do. And I think it was animated. Mm-hmm. And, um... Like with animals, cartoons? Cartoons. Cartoons. Hence animated. And But were they animals? <laughs> I have no idea. Because that would be animalated. I don't, I don't remember. Animalated? Um, <laughs> and animal animated. Animalated. Uh, uh, we learned it. I think our version only is our version in the sense that we take a couple solos, you know? So we actually do it the right way and we, got real into, we get real into it. But I think unlike... I feel like the average Havanagila is just the song. The song, mm-hmm. it's all about the song, but the words, it's all about starting slow. Havanagila, you, Havanagila, and then by the end, you're like, Havanagila, Havanagila. So it's really about the speed and the clap. Well, I mean, I'm clapping because I don't have an instrument, but, but yeah, like some people, people are clapping. It. And I forgot there's a turn. There's the actual name for the dance. There's a name for the dance. And I, I asked someone once, I was like, "Can we just play this in a bar?" And they're like, "Yeah, if they're doing the dance." And again, they use the actual word. And it's like they're all in a circle and they're holding hands and they're going in and putting their arms yeah. up and then they're coming back and they're going to the left and to the right. I'm do, I'm doing pantomime motions you while are. I do, while we do the podcast. Um, but Anyway, so I don't think my version is that different other than the fact that we just kind of extended it into soloing and rocking out. I think you probably have more fun than the typical band. Did you, didn't you? did you hear oh, us yeah. do it at Nationals Park when we were rehearsing? Oh, yeah. And, and there, <laughs> and there was a woman who requested it. She worked there and she's like... She that didn't was, request it. No, she, she was very happy to hear it. She's like, I've worked here for years and I've never heard anybody do Hava Nagila. That was great. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you want to play more Avenagila before year end? I just want, I want to play in bars and just look around and see like what people's reaction is. Okay. I feel like that would be potentially bad. Interesting. Well, so this is interesting because today's show in my mind was all going to was going to be focused on 2018 planning, but you are a self-professed non-planner. No, that's not true. I mean, I, I do I do plan. I mean, I I book myself out months in advance. Okay. And stuff like that. But I suppose in the in the short-term planning, I'm not a good planner. Okay. So you do big picture planning. Yeah. So, but that's typically for gigs and things like that. Right. Yeah. So contractual commitments. But then there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that pe- most people don't know about in order to run the type of business you run. Yeah, I mean, I, just for me, generally speaking, anything of importance for me... Watch out, you're going to lose your mic. It's on the edge, the stand. I live on the edge. Uh, anything uh, of importance to me... Or or of responsibility to me, like you know, writing a, an exam, uh, writing a paper in, in college, for mm-hmm. example. You know, I knew people. You might have been one of those people that, you know, it was due on the fifteenth of the month, and you did it on the first. You did it two weeks in I advance. Told, I did it as soon as it was. Assigned. I did it on the fort the night of the fourteenth. Probably did the morning into of the, the morning of the fifteenth. <laughs> Absolutely. And I still do that. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's good, but I do have I do have to say that I've always turned in good stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that for me, like time has always been a good motivator. You know, I to to some degree, I would much rather be the person that gets it done two weeks in advance because it's way less stressful. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I think that having you know a deadline in a in a short amount of time to do it has always been um, motivating for me. I mean, mm-hmm. you've known me now for a couple of years and i've done a lot of stuff that way um but it also seems like it takes a lot out of you going it does right and that's up. the problem with that yeah well in in the myers-briggs dichotomies of personalities like you and i are on polar opposites when it comes to that so what you just described is what you actually call perceiving where you are taking in all of the factors and in different situations and resources that could come in and you go right up until the wire, and it's like this flurry of activity, but it actually is like an adrenaline boost for you to get it done. It's called perceiving? Perceiving. Mm-hmm. For me, it's called judging. Now, that's not meaning that I'm judgmental, but it's it's judging at the moment that the decision is made to do it, of looking at all of the information that I have and knocking it out in a very uh, step-by-step, methodical, get-it-done process. Mm-hmm. The benefit of you is if, of perceiving, and what you do is that you are waiting for other things to pop up. So if you were waiting to book something, then you would be waiting for other opportunities to see if that was the best decision or who was available. Um, On the flip side, like, you know, you save some time by getting it done, but there may have been a better option versus getting it done within the the immediacy. Like there's almost the urgency is flipped. So I feel the urgency to get it done when it's assigned because I don't know what's happening afterwards. And because you don't know what's happening between the deadline and there, you wait until the deadline to get it done. Right. That, that's true. I, I, oftentimes, sometimes I wait until, I mean, for me, it's like deadlines are different now when I was, than like when I was in school. When I was mm-hmm. in school, I actually had to turn a written paper in. Nowadays, for example, I have to learn a song for a wedding. And I only have to learn part of it because the other part of it can be on my tablet in front of me and uh, hooked to the microphone. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, don't even, I only have to even learn part of it. You know what I mean? You're giving away your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's interesting to rationalize what has just come nat- naturally yeah, to it's me. It's your preference. I don't know. I don't have like where you have like this perceiving name. Like to me, it's just the way I am, and the not necessarily okaying the way that I am. But I have somehow made it to 36 mm-hmm. and a half years old because I don't be. I don't feel like enough people say half anymore. You know, no, I, you only you said like half when you were below 12. Um, That's true. Yeah. But yeah, I'm essentially 36 and a half. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, you know, I think, um, I, I somehow got here. Yeah. Well, but the interesting thing is like, it's not that there's it, one is, way is better or not, but we've created these social systems and institutions that reward certain personality preferences, mm-hmm. this being one of them. So, uh, intro, extroversion over introversion in certain cases, in certain cultures, it's, 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 uh, preferred over another way. So what happens is when what's we, preferred, like in some cases being introverted is more appreciated than extroversion. Like, like what Asian culture? cultures where the, where it's all about being humble and taking things in, speaking when spoken to, like where there's natural hierarchy. Right. Um, extroversion is actually seen as disrespectful in a lot of places. Um, so what happens is when you have a preference in a certain personality dichotomy, you create, uh, almost coping mechanisms to make it work. Like, uh, one of those things would be like, if you are, you prefer to not have things orderly, like you, you prefer to have things around, but growing up you were, you were made to make your bed or you you were made to clean your room and you're still doing that as an adult. That's a coping mechanism that basically counteracts your preference in that certain dichotomy of your personality. So it's not that you're not that personality, but it's because there's been certain situations in your life that that it's easier to cope and make modifications, um, but to think about doing it is actually exhausting. Right. I see what you're saying. I hate making my bed, but I, I attempt... But you do it really well. I, no, way. hold on. Are you, talk, are you talking when about... When you do make your bed, you do a great job. Wait, are you talking about making my bed every morning or are you talking about putting new sheets on the bed no no i'm talking about like just your hospital corners but not actually changing uh, i don't sheets. do hospital corners my mom tried to teach me how to do hospital corners well, and i, found I don't know that your bed tough. stays more made than mine does you don't make your bed i know but i, I don't mean and, and again we have to stipulate what we're talking about we're not talking about uh making your bed in the morning so that it looks made we're talking about putting sheets on the bed make your bed and you don't like to have your sheets tucked into the bed. No, I roll around too much. It's too confining. I love having my sheets tucked into the bed. My sheets have always been tucked into the bed. I I tuck them in a certain way. I've also, one thing that, and I know that you know this, I and I'm not necessarily proud of this, but I'm not, I'm not embarrassed by this. I am becoming more OCD as I get older. And I don't, and and it's. I'm beginning to to um, be aware of it. Um, there, are, I'm beginning beginning to be very self aware of of it. Between, you know, shopping for jeans and having to like try on four pairs of the exact same size of jeans, because I've particularly noticed. Now, tell me if I'm crazy, but I've noticed that like, let's just say I'm wearing polo jeans now. Let's say. I, 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 I've noticed that a 34-32 in polo jeans, if you try on four pairs of different ones, mm-hmm. all fit differently. Yeah, they are not exactly the same. Manufacturing. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I just got you a hat for um, a Goran hat for your birthday, and at the same time, I also treated myself to a hat because I was getting fifty percent <laughs> off from Goran. 
So they mailed me two hats. One is way too big, and the other one is way too small. But they actually are. I mean, that's, I suppose that's not the obsessive-compulsive part. But, like, I'm noticing a lot of these things about me as I get older that I partially want to change, but partially also know that those are the things that make me me to some degree. Um, does that make yeah, sense at well, all? Yeah, well, I think in any case, you're what could be seen as your biggest strength when overused can become your, your Achilles heel or your weakness. So your attention to detail of picking up on these things, while initially could be really good, the amount of time and energy and how it affects people around you may not be so you great. You mean Rico? Rico Suave? Rico's really impacted. Southwest I think English it's just bulldog. more. I think it's more of an awareness of like if you notice that it's getting out of hand, like it's beyond just attention to detail, but it becomes an OCD tick. Then that's where you kind of like at the front end of, of a behavior modification is where you want to be aware of it. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have like what's the what was the double dare guy's name? Oh, Mark Summers. I don't have like a Mark Mark Summers problem. You're not Howie like, Mandel. He's got OCD too. He won't. Well, he's like germ. He's, he's a, like germaphobe. a germaphobe. Yeah. Or whatever. I think he's got OCD. On I mean, I don't know how you walk out of the house if you're a germaphobe. Mark Summers, I remember they did like a documentary on his OCD back when I was like, I think after Double Dare went off the air. Mm-hmm. And he had a thing where like, where like the the television broadcaster that was interviewing him um, messed up his fringe on his carpet. Mm-hmm. And Mark Summers had to get on his hands and knees and make all the fringe go the right direction before he could move on. You know, that's debilitating. I don't, I don't have that. I don't have, I don't, I'm really not obsessive compulsive, but I've, I've begun to be like a noticer of fine detail on weird things that, that for better or for worse are things that drive me crazy. I bought a pair of shorts. You know this. I bought a pair of shorts and I literally am going to probably return them for a second time. And to the point where like, I'm becoming an expert on things that I shouldn't be an expert. I, I feel like I know that the shorts that you buy at the Gap store at, at the Tyson's mm-hmm. are probably not being sourced from the exact same place that the shorts that you buy from the order yeah. Gap clothes from. I, I mean, but... Do you understand what I mean? Absolutely. But with the next level shirts, if you look at... So the shirts that we have made for you, the Virginia's for ex-lovers, the blue V-necks are different shades of blue. They're different. They're different fabric. Yeah. But that it's it's the manufacturer change. And if you think about it, I mean, these aren't done by machines. If these are done by hand, they have to. What? what there'll be finishing that's done by humans. Yeah. Uh, in factories, and there's always going to be some discrepancy because it, because there is always human error that is that is linked to it. Hold on. Do you think that? Uh, let's say again, we're talking about a pair of Gap shorts. Yeah. Particularly. I think the you hem think is the problem. The, yeah, mm-hmm. you do? Because I've now bought two pairs of Gap shorts that were ordered. Mm-hmm. I bought one pair in the store, mm-hmm. and they were fine. They were good. Both both legs, are they legs and shorts? I guess yeah, they are. Yeah. Both legs were the exact same size. The, the, short, the shorts that I ordered in a different color have both come back with the right leg longer. Mm-hmm. And I can't walk around wearing mm-hmm. that because all I think about is the right leg is longer. Have you had your legs measured? Do you think that one of my legs is longer than the other? I think it might other? be because... I do, because it's always a problem. It is always a problem. 
this is it would be one thing if it was once or twice but i think we're probably at like five or six times now of having height issues yeah. i think we might need to take you to a chiropractor and get you uh, but i don't have reset. a walking problem I, i'm not i'm Justin, not there's something i need to tell you i have a walking problem <laughs> <laughs> you walk at a slant you have a walking issue no but i think i think it's it's good to be aware of these things you don't want to necessarily pay for things and not have it be up to the standard that you want but to the point where it impacts your time, your level of enjoyment, it's always a question of what do you choose to do with it. And if you choose that this is more important than other things, then do it. And if not, then make a different decision. Do you have things that you are obsessive about? Other than my dog? You're not really obsessive. I'm really you're just not. A good, you're a good caretaker. I'm honest. I've never been the person that's been obsessed with things. That's why it's like even when there's shows like musicians and things, like I don't fangirl out about anything. Um, you witnessed me fanboy out. You remember, fanboy you remember out a lot. No, I don't fanboy out a lot. You witnessed one time where I really fanboyed out a lot and I couldn't get words out. Oh, was that the Bob Schneider yeah. interaction? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I get that because you're like, that's him. Where were we? We were in Annapolis, an afternoon show. And what were we doing? We were going to go. We were going to see Bob Schneider. We were getting coffee at Forty Nine West before the show. We were yes, getting coffee right, at, like three doors down. Yeah, and he was there. I he didn't was getting coffee too. Yeah, and I didn't recognize him because he famously doesn't drink anymore. So he usually, like, he's on stage drinking coffee or like rock star energy drink. Well, that and it was freaking early. It was like one. It was probably like noon when we for saw him. It was yeah. like you know, I mean, for him it was like seven o'clock in the morning. Right. Um. But yeah, like. We were standing in line at the coffee shop next to Fort, uh, next to Ram's Head mm-hmm. in Annapolis. He was going to go on in maybe like a half an hour. And suddenly Bob Schneider, who is my equivalent to my parents' interest in the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you can understand. If but my, you got words out. It wasn't... I got words out, but my like heart was all a flutter. But you did you a know? great job <laughs> pulling it off. You shook his hand. I shook his hand. We've met like... Eight times he would not remember me. No, it's no. okay. It's okay. You still talk to him. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that was the first time that you've seen him. I don't know. Now I'm thinking of all these other obsessive compulsive things. Ryan, Ryan Daly, Johnson? not Daly own. Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> He's not taking his wife's last name. <laughs> I think he should have. Her, 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 that would be very cool. Their last name is better Ryan than Daly-Own. his last name. I mean, Johnson is Johnson, but DeLeon. Yeah. Ryan DeLeon. Yeah. I would go see his show if his name was Ryan totally. DeLeon. Maybe we should tell him to change his, name, his performance name. Um, <laughs> he posted this morning about Gregory Allen Isakoff. Oh, about how he went to see him in uh, Red Rocks. Red Rocks, yeah. In Colorado. Mm-hmm. Is it in Denver? No, it's out, slightly outside, but it's You've not been Denver. there, right? I haven't been. He went and saw Gregory Allen Isakoff, and I have heard about Gregory Gregory Allen Isakoff for years. Um, he's not like a guy that you would have ever. You have to be like it really into music to know him, because I don't think his music is on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would never hear him if you were only a top forty, you know, uh, terrestrial radio listener. Um, and I'm. I'm I'm not to say that I'm super into music. I used to I used to be. I am a full time musician, but I primarily listen to podcasts all day long. Usually ones that come from the 1990s mm-hmm. and have Adam Kroll and Dr. Drew. I eat Loveline. Loveline. But I've heard uh, people talk about Gregory Allen Isaacoff for years, and so when he posted that picture about how it was a dream come true to see Gregory Allen Isaacoff at his first time in Red Rocks in Colorado, I looked him up, and I think I looked at a video on Instagram first, and I was like, this is pretty good. I watched another video, and like, this is pretty good. So then I bought all of his records. Justin. 
but this <laughs> this is what you do. Like, and it's not just musicians. <laughs> Don't ever friend request Justin and expect him to not look at your pictures. Oh, I do a deep dive on everyone. Everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. I, and the thing is, and, and we all know this, although I'm unsure that you do this, but I definitely have. You can go through all my, all my, my, you can go through my Facebook and see every relationship I've ever been in. I, I don't have not never, done that, I've nor never do I want to. But, but see, I think that that, if you want to like analyze someone, I think that it is interesting when you, when you meet the person who, totally deletes their entire past life when that ends i know many people i did that but do you do it every time no i well i I did it for my divorce yeah because i didn't want to keep seeing wedding photos but it's crazy (laughs) because like i know people i've known people now for a few years and and some of them better than others but i know that they've been in relationships and you look at like their facebook um is there just a big gap and there's multiple gaps yeah there's multiple gaps you know and every once in a while there'll be like a photo that they couldn't delete because it had like someone else in it so they'll just be like this random weird dude or this random girl and then they're like and if you didn't know you'd be like who's this random person meanwhile that random person was a person that was important for six months to three years. Um, I think you missed your calling. You need to get into social media forensics. I need to be an investigator. Oh my God. There's a between apparel and social media. You, I think this might, maybe this I've is, also never been this open about my personal life before. So yeah, I, I think this is may be fed into being, you left your gum on my desk, Justin. I'm not chewing it. I was so going to chew it later. Gross. No, no, no. This is for later. Oh my God, Justin, you gum. left it on my desk. Say it. It's so gross. No, I've not left it. Anyway. Hey guys, thanks for listening to episode 47 with Justin Trawick. We're going to take a little musical break and give you a special treat. This is This Is Love from Justin Trawick and The Common Good. Sit alone on the pavement I think about all the ways that your day went Sideways, backwards, upside down Can't get much worse than it is now Oh, and you don't know how you got here Whoa, and you don't know how you leave here Hats off to the first responders Send a minute back cause your heart's no longer You never thought it'd ever get to this You never even thought that you'd ever even kiss You live alive in a dream full of potholes Tear the car up but the road's still beautiful I wanna tell you I really love the way You don't stay mad at me, babe Even though I'm not perfect today I remember when we used to say This is love, this is love, this is love Hold on to something and hope it won't break This is love, this is love, this is love you got a heart like a stone Try to warm it up but it always stay cold Till the day that you met in the rain And the cold went away like a Tom Cruise movie Hell yeah What are all your fears? What are all the things that'll get us through the years? Let's play a game called Tell me what you're thinking Don't look now, neither one of us is blinking I called you up today For no good reason to simply say Ooh, I was thinking of you Ooh, I was thinking of you And I want you all to know that when I wrote this simple song Ooh, I was thinking of you 
We're still here, all ahead full, go get us in the clear We live a life in a sea full of icebergs Speed the motor up, run into them head first You are who I wanna see Every single morning waking up next to me And I think way back on the things that we said about How we never ever let it go to our heads And I remember when we used to say This is love, this is love, this is love Hold on to something and hope it won't break This is love, this is love, this is love I remember when we used to say This is love, this is love, this is love Hold on to something and hope it won't break This is love, this is love, this is love And this is love, this is love, this is love This is Love from Justin Trawick and The Common Good. Now, back to the show. I can use these anyways. You know what? These are time sensitive, right? These are all... Um, Why are they still on my desk then? Why are we going to throw them out? These are all union stage one hour passes. To... So you can load in? Oh, but those are for... Till the end of December. Oh. Yeah, that's why I didn't throw them out. Oh, we I... can use these. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> Just for an hour, we're just gonna. I was looking at Christmas of like New Year's, New Year's Eve of last year. Justin, okay, we gotta learn dates. Anyway, I wonder if a lot of these behaviors are from your imagination that were those formed as being an only child on in a very remote place. Um, are you trying to start a new subject? No, I'm just curious if that's part of it because you and I think very differently about things. I, I definitely like. I do things and then I kind of move on and I'm kind of the same with, not with people, but like if I did a deep dive on people, then I would not get anything done during my well, day. I'm not like doing a deep dive. Like I need to know everything about No, but you someone. go on, you frequently go down rabbit holes. But like, I, I think there's a lot of, be, I, I'm a person who does notice details and I'm yeah. a person who, who notices things in photos and stuff way better than I, than the spoken word if someone mm-hmm. tells me something versus me seeing something i much rather I, I take it in by seeing it much better than being told what to do or told something oh see general. and i have to hear it and i actually mm-hmm. have to like watch lips move when oh i had this trippy thing happen so i was um emceeing this event at the museum uh on 
diversity and inclusion and coaching. And there were two hearing impaired people. I think they were fully deaf. And there were uh, American Sign Language interpreters there. And I guess they thought I was in charge because people kept coming to me and asking me questions about the You were the MC. They would have assumed that. Well, I don't know how to regulate the temperature in the room, which is exactly (laughs) what they were asking me to do. And so the interpreter steps up to me and says, is signing to the other person who I don't notice. And she asks me... If I'm, if I'm the person in charge and I said, no, but what can I help you with? And so I'm looking at the person signing because I have to actually look at people when they speak because sometimes like there's too much noise going on and I get really jumbled up. And at one point, uh, the woman said, I'm speaking to you. She signs it to me and points over at the woman who is signing and asking the questions. I'm sorry. I'm see. I'm already confused. So, what so there's happened? two people standing next to me. So the person immediately to my side is the interpreter who's speaking to me, and then there's for some, the person in for front the of person you. who is signing to her. So I'm trying to hear her as she's speaking. She's signing, and she's now pissed off at me because I'm not watching her. Because you're watching. I'm watching the to interpreter. Hear. Yeah, I was so tripped out. I was like, oh man, like I don't want to be disrespectful, but like I can't. There was so much chatter going on that, like, I had to look at her to hear what she was saying. You had to look at the interpreter. At the interpreter. So my eyes were constantly going back and forth, and I was just so confused. And the the um, the the deaf woman was unhappy with you. Yeah, she was mad. So, and I don't know enough about this. Uh, I had a very good friend who was deaf in elementary school, but unfortunately, that was the last time I ever saw her after after fifth grade. Um, do you think that most of the time when there's an interpreter, you're still speaking directly to to the deaf person? Yeah, and I, I think the problem was the positioning of the interpreter. If the interpreter had moved into the same sight line as, as the person she was interpreting for, I think I could have better managed it. But because they were like, I was having to pivot my neck mm-hmm. in order to look at both I of see. them. What an interesting problem. I, I was just like, Oh, she's mad at me. I was like, but I can't, I want to understand, and I can't. Like, I'm I'm struggling here too. Was the irony of this all though the fact that? Uh, wait, did the deaf person actually say out loud? She I'm said, over here. She the interpreter said she signed it and said I'm the one speaking to you. I would appreciate you looking at the, me. But the interpreter said that. Yes. Which is like the the it, that's the weird part. Is I know. Like, I was like, ah! it still wasn't it, that that unhappiness still wasn't coming from no. But the she deaf had, person. But I could tell by her body language that she was not happy with me, and I felt really bad because I was like, I thought I don't want to make you feel like I'm not hearing you, but I'm also trying to just get by and understand here. So yeah. You know, the, the only thing I can think of in terms of experience like that is just watching, like, uh, dignitaries talk to each other with a interpreter. Yeah. And I feel like whenever I've seen that, the people are looking at the interpreter, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what did he just say? We'll tell him this yeah. or something. You well, know? that's that. I've always noticed, like, I don't really like being in busy places talking to groups. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but whenever people come around... I can't hear people like I maybe it's me being short, but like if there's a lot of people talking and I they're not directly in front of me, like I'm not part of the conversation and I have to leave because I can't hear it and I'm picking up every fifth word. Because you're easily distracted or because you literally can't tell what they're saying. I just whenever there's other voices going on, like it just gets muffled up like I, it doesn't 
pierce through unless I'm directly speaking to them. The one thing that I noticed, I told you, because we, we uh, I understand what you're saying, and that does happen to me, because I'm easily distracted. You, yesterday, I opened for Bombadil and saw, at the Songbird announced Morgan, you left. Mm-hmm. I While I was there, I kind of just inadvertently made a friend. Her, her name was Kate, Katie. She uh, Her... her Instagram handle is Kate, but she said Katie. And so we sat down, and she was just telling me about, you know, festivals and traveling to Iceland. We just talked, and it was really nice to kind of just make a little a show friend, because otherwise I was just going to be sitting there by myself. But when we were speaking, and there's a lot of people, and also we were trying to be quiet because the band was playing, when she was talking to me, I had to kind of put my ear towards her. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't watching her, but I was very self-conscious of the fact that I felt like I wasn't looking at yeah. her. And I felt like I felt like that maybe that was being disrespectful. Like I wasn't like engaging in in her. So every once in a while, I still had to like look at her. But every time I looked at her, I couldn't hear. Her, yeah, you know, that's oh, tough because it's like it's almost like our our bodies are not really made for listening and hearing at the same time. Like in a busy place, like you have to pivot your head <laughs> where your ear goes and then you can't see. So I think they have to work together, your eyes and your ears, to create like a connection and communication and to also understand. Right. Um, and that's what I was struggling with on Thursday. But it was not lost on me, like the irony of, of that encounter. What did you, in terms, you you had never before Thursday emceed an event before. No, it was my first one. Um what 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 are, what was the kind of the process of it i mean not just in terms of like were you happy but like how did it work how did how did emceeing an event work were you the one in charge or were there, was there still like a stage manager and a person entire in charge of the entire thing telling you what to do there was no stage manager and in fact there were supposed to be volunteers running the mics there was not so i was basically watching the time keeping things on time uh, introducing speakers, running the mics on Q and A when panels were going on. Were you having to like speak with like? Was there a sound person? Yeah, so I was working with them. And I'm just wondering. I'm not making this all about. And me. And there was a DJ too. I'm not making this all about me, but with your experience now with me for the last couple of years of mm-hmm. being a musician and working with sound people and stuff like that, did that at all it, it help you at all in regards to knowing that there was someone running this microphone? And there No, was... I mean, I knew that because I, I was doing events before I met you for 12 years. Yeah. So I've done conferences. I've spoken on stage before and I've, I've kicked things off and I've done the behind the scenes management, but I've never been the person like keeping the energy up and making sure that the mood is appropriate because it was a really charged event. You had laughter and people enjoying themselves and then people sobbing and then people yelling like it was people were crying at the end i was crying yeah there was a very powerful speaker uh his name is miguel joey aviles from puerto rico and he was talking about being an inclusive hero and we did this he had us close our eyes at the end and he just said some really beautiful words that just it really resonated like of people just not giving themselves credit and like you're here for a reason and your work matters you told me that at one point in your in the event, you, there was a gentleman who had his ass handed to him. Oh yeah. Um, this guy was a presenter. He was like yeah. a he was like a which like is a funny. Board. That's the name of his company. Presenter. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's called Presenter. Yeah, with no e. Is it like an app or yeah, something? Yeah, it's a software app. Oh okay. Um. So. To me, that that's the pr- uh, my worry would be is like. Did this guy just kind of get like 
catfish into coming? No, because no, nope. I mean, not that everyone has to be treated with kid gloves, but wasn't this guy be doing everyone a favor by showing up and be being part of like a, a like a, a a panel discussion to suddenly be like, oh my god, I'm being attacked. He wasn't attacked, so that's that's the first thing. So it was an open discussion, and he made some really poor decisions in the way that he described things and i think what was it about what did so do? so it was about utilizing technology and software in inclusive and diverse coaching so linkedin was there mckinsey and company ge uh this guy who's the executive director of a boys and men group um and then it was him and the problem was is that he was so hell-bent on defending his company that he lost the human aspect of just listening and communicating with people and he didn't understand how the words he used and and what he was saying triggered people Mm -hmm. like he didn't understand how that would be problematic and rather than him just taking a breath and not speaking he wanted to talk over people and and that made people trigger even more like he just wasn't in a place of of really listening whereas the other panelists were taking notes were asking more questions were were just being present there and i think that that more so than his his uh gender or his race or whatever was there which ended up becoming part of the problem um and the disconnect of who else was in the room because he wasn't getting it I see. So, yeah, he was not set up. This was not, none of the questions were saying, we're going to take you down, we're going to expose you. It was, he wanted to be it. He he wanted to have that exposure, but he he turned it into like a sales approach. And I think people read through that in two seconds. And they're like, we're not buying what you're selling. I mean, in what degree did they turn on it? Oh, like immediately. Because, I mean, like, was that, was, were people like, was there a big gasp? Yeah. Really? Yes. So basically they so have. clutched their pearls? Uh, no. No, but like people were just, people were all of a sudden you could see the hands going up like I have something to say. That's how you knew that, that the climate changed in the room. Um, but it, he was trying to defend the algorithms of the software, which is basically meant to analyze your speech patterns, the speed, uh, the tone. All these other factors, which apparently is based in a 1960s study by some professor. And as we all know, the 1960s were not the most diverse in the way that people were doing studies. They also weren't taking into account the gender differences, the racial differences, cultural differences in the way that people speak. And so the point of the audience was, have you taken into consideration all of these things that you now know? And he's like, we we know all these studies, we do all these things. And he was trying to defend his point rather than using it as an opening to make his product better. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to defend, they're like, of course there's a white male bias from a 1960s study. Like there just is, like there's no way that it could not be because probably the professor doing it, probably a white male. And what he wasn't getting to the, the fact of the matter is, is that what people see first is how they make a snap judgment before they hear you before mm-hmm. they see your message and he was only focusing on those elements hmm. and he was completely denying a really obvious point right so i think that's what it was and to me it was a big eye-opener of like we need to listen before we speak if we don't know all the answers or we feel like the 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 room is turning on us like it's time to just ask questions and, and listen was it hard to dig out of that moment or was it did that, did that taint the rest of the day? No, no. And in fact, it opened up better discussions. The other women that were on the panel were like, I'm going back to the office with so much good stuff. Like, thank you for making me aware of this. That's awesome. They took it as a learning opportunity. I don't think he had the same. 
No, of course not. I'm sure he he left going, oh my God, I should have never come. He was come. sweating. You could see the, bull, the beads of sweat coming down. But he, the moderator gave him plenty of opportunities to move on, to not have the focus beyond. But I think in his mind, he thought he could win people over. And he right. couldn't. Yeah. But I think it was a great experience as my first MC. I got to rap. I had people dance up to stage. It was a big party. Like you had people dance up yes, to the stage. Yes, I had. Walk- in regards to your rapping or separate? Uh, both. Yeah. They just dance entered. Yeah, I was like, all right. Were they I'm- dancing to music? Yeah, we had a DJ. Oh, really? Yeah. So my walk-up song was like, walk- like the guy from Ellen DJ. What's that guy's name? Twitch. Twitch. Uh, no, she. Her name was DJ Les. She was awesome. She's Filipino. L E S. Yeah, okay. like Leslie. Um, I don't know if that's her actual name, but that's what she goes by. She was awesome. Um, she's like, this is so much Did fun. Did she like have like the one headphone yeah, on one had ear? Yeah, she whole, had the whole turntable. She was awesome. Really? Yeah. So she, what, what, what kind of music was she playing? Like really good like boogie down music. Boogie um, down. Yeah, like like you would hear at like uh, like, like an old school roller skating rink. Like back okay. in the day, like you just want to groove to it. Right, okay. Um, so she did Walking on Sunshine for me as requested. And I got on stage and I was like, no, no, no I need to hear more of it. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, um, but yeah, they, it, it was a great event, and it, and it wasn't like a superficial event. It was, it was people feeling the feels and and having the safe space to talk about it, and then to also enjoy meeting people and connecting. You're moving this week. I'm moving in two days. Are you excited? I'm more anxious than anything. Um, I don't do. I was talking to uh, my friend Ebony today and recognized that I do not do well with change. Um, Clear. You've been, I've been noticing, you've, you've known that you were moving now for maybe a month, two weeks, a couple, two, two weeks. <laughs> but basically you've been like, I'm moving in two weeks. I'm moving in 10 days. I'm moving in a week. I'm moving this week. <laughs> I'm moving Wednesday. <laughs> I'm just reminding you, Justin, because you're not good with dates and I don't want you scheduling a gig well, yeah, on my like, move day. It's like pantomime that you're moving. That's how I'll remember it. Oh God! No, I know. I've I've marked out my Wednesday. Right, but you're going from the eleventh floor to the second floor. Yes. You're gonna. It's gonna be great for Rico, largely due to the fact that, as I mentioned to you, I don't know, a day or two ago, you're gonna now be able to because you can't really walk up eleven floors. You can't walk no, up five I've floors. I've done it, and it sucks. But you can walk up all four, mm-hmm. of which you will literally be above the lobby of this. Nice yes, I'll be. I'll be in. right above the entrance. And um, so I think that where Rico likes to do the quote unquote partying at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning because he's got a lot of nervous energy, um, which is just him rolling around on the floor like a crazy dog. I think he's just nocturnal. I blame you for that. Uh, but so <laughs> you're gonna now take him up and downstairs, which will also be great for you. It'll be some extra exercise for me. I'm for you i will be taking the elevator well because you don't have the fob you have to have the fob to get into the stairwell oh is that right yeah yeah oh, that's interesting. but i'll be doing it so i'm gonna have a nice high and tight butt you're moving to a smaller place but I am, you, but you I just am. took me down to the to the dungeons of this of this building and showed me the um you showed me the the, the storage the room. storage room mm-hmm. you have a storage unit number one i do why are you telling people which one's mine? I'm at seven. You have storage room number, number seven. Number seven, yes. That's my stuff. Um, And uh, it's caged. It is caged. You have to buy a lock. I do. 
Are you, have you been on lock in a long time? Have you been on lock since like yeah, cause um, it, summer camp? No, no, I have it for Anthem. You have a lock. Yeah. Do you have? Did you buy Lockers. like a two two for two lock lock? Did you buy? Do you have two locks that you bought like in a package, or do you no, just you I just have, bought one? So you have to go back out and buy go, another lock. They have them at CVS. I'll be okay. Um, but yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, and I may not need to keep my storage unit because I don't really have a ton of stuff. Yeah. yeah so. You're not really. And again, that goes back to me. Like, I keep T-shirts. I, I keep stuff do. that reminds me of stuff. Because vi- things visually remind me of things. I think that you're like, I got it all up here. Oh, would I have it? Well, so. I, th- I think of physical stuff as clutter. And to me, if I see stuff in my way, then it, it really creates stress and blocks my creativity. So I keep... I keep my space open as much as possible. And if I'm not using something, then I feel like it's not serving me. So can you not put your nose on the mic? It's gross. <laughs> so you're going to do this co-host thing normally now? I think so. I think I think I like the uh, open discussion. But I want to ask you, like, what what's your big goal for the remainder of 2018? Um, you know, I, I, and I think that you know this about me. I, I, I don't necessarily want to make any one specific goal because I think it's extremely easy to say something and then not have it happen and be disappointed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always just continue doing what I plan on doing, which is trying to get as many cool things as possible so that as many of them pan out as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just had a very good show at Pearl street down the street from that here. Awesome. It came within like, uh, 20, eight people selling out Mm -hmm. um that's to say we had 222 people and so it was 250 um and the next big ticketed show is at a place called hill country barbecue which has an awesome venue on this on in the basement and um that's on november 10th but you know i mean goals uh, okay my goals are to play more out of town i told you that Mm -hmm. um i think I think I told you this already. I think there's a guy that might open the show on the 10th. If and I was attempting to see if I could do a trade with him and open for him in Philly. Mm-hmm. I actually got. I didn't think they were going to email me back. It sounded. It kind of felt like they were ignoring me. Mm-hmm. They didn't ignore me. Actually, wrote me back today. And sweet. Um, it's always interesting when like the manager is like, "Yeah, I had to get you know your your mute sound your music okayed by Adam. Adam's the guy I'd be technically opening for mm-hmm. and opening for me." And he wrote me back and he's like, yeah, doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. You know, which means that a lot of people that don't write back, write me back, my music might bother them. <laughs> maybe, it's, um, maybe it's not your music. I'm maybe no Gregory Allen Isakoff. I think they, they know about your pant. They don't, they don't want all their flaws pointed out. <laughs> and show up, show up with one uh, sh- shorts leg longer than the other. Oh my goodness. So we got Hill Country coming up. You're going back to Pearl Street. I'm going to Germany on You're Friday. You're going to Germany. You're leaving me, which means I'm going to get a ton of work done. Yeah, you told me that you were going to like have this like, uh, you know, group text between you and my band because I'm not going to see my band mm-hmm. till like the 18th of October, which is maybe the longest in a long time yeah. I've ever gone without playing with the band. Yeah, it's going to be exactly 18, gonna- 17 days before. Wow. I see them again. We're going to have a support group where we're going to share all of our wins of how much stuff we're getting done. Really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Josh and Aaron are really celebrating. I think Gene has probably made a cake. I think Mandy probably made a cake. Yeah. I think he probably (laughs) whittled a cake out of wood. 
It's going to be great. Yeah. But, but I, I... They're having celebratory bacon because they don't eat... Bacon. Bacon cake. Bacon cake. Bacon cake. <laughs> That's it. Well, good luck in Germany. And when you come back... I like how you're telling me this. Like, good luck. You're not going to see me. I'm not going to see you ever. <laughs> uh, no, because you're helping me move. You can't go anywhere, even though you're leaving right after this. And what day are up. we moving? The third. So if anybody wants to chip in, <laughs> it's not a lot of stuff. And it's only in the elevator. Unlike your move well, that lasted for is, nine days. In this building that you're in, you have an actual bell, bellhop cart. It's great. An actual bellhop cart. Yes. Like with like the big bar that goes across the top to put like, you know, clothes on and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could not get easier than that in terms of your clothes. You don't have to box up your clothes no. at all that are hanging on coat hangers. You can literally just hang them on the bellhop cart. So it's really going to be quite simple. It's just mm-hmm. going to be just us putting things on a cart and going back and forth other than, I guess, your bed. Your the- bed, we're just going to have to buy a new bed, right? No. I don't no. my bed. Oh, okay. It just needs a bolt thingy dingy. I'm sorry, what? The bolt needs the, the bolts... Thingy dingy. Whatever. Anyway. How long have we podcasted? We, we've been going 43 minutes. So oh, I, I think feel it's like time to wrap it's under up. an hour. That's good. Yes. I feel like that's sufficient. So if you haven't done your last quarter goal setting, <gasps> Wait, this is I have a question. Can you put a song somewhere in the middle of this? <sighs> You're going to make this an hour long show. What song would you like in the middle? I, well, I don't know. Uh, Life in the middle? <laughs> Life in the No, it's not recorded. Uh, put like, uh, put the, put the, put, but this is love. Okay. You send it to me. I, you're going to need to send it to me like now. I'll send it to you right this moment. Awesome. So it's going to be included at the tail end of this. No, in the middle. <laughs> Put it in the middle. All right. I got to edit this show up. Justin Trawick, if people want to find you, where should they go? Uh, Lauren, is uh, your apartment's the Lex? It's no. South- oh. oh, you mean online? Yes. Okay. JustinTrawick.com. T-R-A-W-I-C-K. Uh um, or Instagram, or I'm trying, I'm trying valiantly. Did I say it right? Val, val- valiantly. Valiant. I'm trying hard <laughs> to make my um, Instagram and Twitter following go through the roof. Bigger. Go bigger. So uh, follow me there and get your parents to follow me too. Awesome. And if you haven't picked up your copy of Spitting Fire, go to Amazon, leave a review. Oh, and make sure you leave a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And head on over to SpitfireCoach.com. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome.